Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 135, Amulek's Repentance. When we think of the great scripture stories of repentance, we always think about Alma the Younger. But what about Amulek? Or even eventually Zizram? But today, let's just focus on Amulek. After Alma the Younger had finished speaking to the people of Ammonihah, he was counseling them to remember the marvelous works that God had worked among their fathers, reminding them to look for the hand of the Lord in their lives, reteaching them the words of God, that they had been given much light and knowledge, that with that light and knowledge came a responsibility to obey God's commandments and to repent of their sins. The, the Lord God's warnings, they will be verified whether or not they choose to dismiss him or not. That if the Nephites do not repent, it will be more tolerable for the Lamanites than for the Nephites. Because where the Lamanites have been blessed with sufficient time to learn and accept and correct the false traditions of their fathers, the Nephites, if they reject God, they would be on borrowed time. In the end, Alma called the people a lost and a fallen people who had grossly hardened their hearts against the word of God. And the people of Ammonihah, they did not accept this rebuke. They were wroth with Alma and they tried to lay their hands upon him. But the Lord did not suffer for them to do so at this time. The people are stirred up. They desire to cast Alma into prison, and it is at this moment that Amulek chooses to stand before his community and to preach the truths he knew to be true. Just from this scene, we can see the courage and the faith that Amulek was willing to exercise. Amulek, in his address in Alma chapter 10, addressed his fellow neighbors by following the counsel that Alma had just counseled the people to follow in their repentance process. Amulek began by remembering his fathers. He was the son of Gedona, who was the son of Ishmael, who was the descendant of Amminadi. Amulek then recalled the marvelous work that God had performed on behalf of the Nephites through his ancestor, Amulek's ancestor, Amminadi, was the same Amminadi who interpreted the writing which was upon the wall of the temple, which was written by the finger of God. I wish we had more information about this miracle. What was written on the temple? What were the circumstances happening during this time? Was it the temple of Zarahemla? There's so many questions that we don't have the answers for. But Amulek goes on to recall how he is a descendant of Nephi, who was a son of Lehi, who came out of the land of Jerusalem. 
who was a descendant of Manasseh, who was the son of Joseph, who was sold into Egypt by the hands of his brethren. And just reciting these names and his lineage, everyone knew the miracles that were wrapped up in names such as Nephi and Lehi and Joseph of Egypt. You see, without studying chapter 9, we wouldn't have realized that Amulek is modeling for the people how to follow the prophet of God, how to repent, how to change their minds about God by filling their minds about what he has already done for them. Amulek doesn't just stop there, though. He acknowledges the hand of the Lord in his life, just like the prophet had just told them to do. Amulek recalls how God has blessed him, for he was a man of no small reputation among his fellow men. In fact, it's most likely that those in the crowd listening to him right now knew him. They had had interactions with him. They had respect for him. Perhaps they were even aware of his follies. But Amulek, being courageous in this moment and humble, And using that humility to follow the pattern that had just been taught, he is showing his soft heart. Amulek acknowledged that he had been blessed with many kindreds and friends and that he had also acquired much riches by the hand of his industry. His industry had been blessed and had prospered. How fortunate he has been. Yet despite all of this, Amulek confesses he had forgotten God. Yes, he had seen many of God's mysteries and his marvelous power and God's preservation in the lives of the people, but Amulek had forgotten them for a time. And in that forgetting, he had moved about his life as if he didn't know God's influence in his life. And what were the ramifications of not acknowledging and for forgetting? A hard heart. A heart that heard the call many times, he said. To change course, but an unwilling heart to listen. In Amulek's witness, we learn from him how it is possible for us to once have light and knowledge, to be blessed by the hand of the Lord, and then how we can become either, I don't know, complacent or distracted or defiant, how we can know, but then not know. We can be rebellious and block out his promptings. We can dismiss his works and we can forget how we got to where we are today because of him. Yet in Amulek's case, God was able to finally get through to him. It took an angel, which always at first glance appears to be a really cool thing, right? But when you have removed yourself from a relationship with God, I don't know if it's as good as we the readers believe it to be. We see in scripture that it can have a huge impact on the trajectory of one's life. And we've also seen that the appearance of an angel, it's only the wake-up call. It is never the solution to the rebelliousness of our hearts. We must choose it to change our course. So today, wherever you might be in whatever course you're taking right now, I urge you to listen to the angelic voices in your life happening now.
You don't need to do something extremely wicked or be far off the covenant path to have some form of pride or rebelliousness happening in your heart. We all need adjustments. And you can do this by taking time to remember how the Lord has blessed you and your fathers. Let it be the shot of humility that you need to temper your coveting or your self-pity or your anger and your hurt. Take that spoonful of teachability you need to recognize that you haven't been abandoned. That despite your desires going unanswered, that the Lord has been there for you. In his complete goodness, he isn't withholding that characteristic from you. In fact, he's making everything, including what you haven't received, work for your good. Can you believe that? I hope that as you are going about your dealings, just like Amulek was, that you'll be stopped this week and you'll receive the same counsel from him. Return home, for you shall feed a prophet. Now, you might not actually feed the prophet some food, but you're going to have an opportunity to partake of living waters and the bread of life that the Savior offers us. And you can do that right along with the prophet this weekend. And just like Amulek, this acceptance of the prophet into your home for general conference, it will bless your home and your household, so that the blessings of the Lord will rest upon you. Amulek's witness astonished the people. He had followed right there in front of the crowd the pattern that the prophet had urged the people to follow. He modeled it completely for them, and I believe they saw something different in him. It doesn't say that in scripture, But I think they saw the change that occurs because they were astonished. Amulek called for the people to join him and to repent. For Amulek could testify that the things Alma had taught were true. Not because of the initial visit by the angel that stopped him in his tracks, but because of the heart he chose to listen to Alma with and because of the impact that the word had had upon him. And as we live our day-to-day lives in mortality, we are swimming in the cunning devices of the adversary. So much so that I think that we forget that these are the devil's ways. I think we've sort of just accepted them as this is just how things are. This is how humans act. This is how we do things to get our way. I'm talking about the cunning ways that Alma in chapter 10 and 11 point out to us. These are some of the restored blessings that the Book of Mormon brings to us. Knowledge of the trappings and the snares that the adversary uses to bind us down. The Book of Mormon empowers us so that we can detach ourselves from these snares and that we can use the armor of God to withstand his fiery darts. And I'm talking about the intentions that others have as we are witnessing about God's truths and standing up and speaking them, that they try and catch us in our words and portray us as deceptors. 
The attempts by those in the world who desire to destroy those who uphold the standards of God, attempting to make us cross our words or contradict what we testify of regarding God and his ways. There are those who intend to pervert the ways of the righteous, who desire to destroy our societies that are formed upon Judeo-Christian values, and those who desire to cast out the righteous from among them. The devil has sufficiently trained them to know how to do their craft and to do it well, to blind our eyes and cause us not to understand God's word. By falsely accusing or twisting our words or deceiving us with word trickery and nuances, and then isolating believers of truth, making them feel that they are all on their own, that they're the only ones thinking such crazy thoughts, and all manner of disturbances and wickedness do they promote, that they might have more employ. This was the way that the lawyers in this society got money that they got money according to the suits which were brought before them. Therefore, they would stir the people up so they could get more. Desiring to destroy that which is good, loving lucre more than their fellow men and more than God. We see this in our societies. And don't be fooled. These are the cunning devices of the adversary. These are his tools that he teaches. This week, take a break from all of it. I give you permission. Just take a break from it. Separate yourself from the sources that bring these cunning devices into your life. And instead, fill it with Jesus. Remember the last week of his life. Study it and Be inspired by it, knowing that all of it was done because of his deep love of God and for you. Come to conference and eat with the prophet. Feed him your time and your attention, your love and your support. No doubt, he's been fasting for us. Just like Alma had been fasting for the people of Ammonihah. Doesn't that cause like a burning in your heart? To know that someone loves God and you so much that he would go without food so that he might feed you more fully. I invite you to be like Amulek and return back home this week to our earthly sanctuaries and for a time to our heavenly destinations. It's, Sister Scriptorians, it's just, it's time for us to go back home and visit for a while.